0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach in Ditton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Tell them I'm expecting. Amen. Three or four of you are expecting. Tell them I'm expecting something from God tonight. Amen. Romans chapter 13. Get your Bibles open. It's great to be in God's house. Amen. In the place where lives can be changed and battles are won. Hallelujah. Jesus is on the throne and he's alive in this place tonight whether you believe it or not. Whether you act like it or not. Whether you respond like it or not. He's alive. Amen. And he is on the throne and he's going to do great and powerful things in us tonight. I want to continue to talk about the battle of the mind and uh, minister on winning that battle. How many know we're not just going to battle, we're going to win it? We're not just going to fight the battle, we're going to win it. And so I want to get into a little bit tonight and have some time at the altar to pray and declare God's power over our lives and victory. Amen. He's going to speak to us, he's going to speak through us, and he's going to show us how to be overcomers. And this is a battle that we, we're, we're going to win because of his word. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you're there, I know you've got your notebooks and you're taking notes, but just one more time, let's just welcome the Holy Spirit over this message. Holy Spirit, we thank you for who you are tonight, that you are the guest of honor in this place. And we're not here for us tonight. We're here for you. We're here to receive. And Father, we thank you that there's authority tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you that your name is above every name. If you've got a free hand, just lift it up to the Lord. You might want to lift up both hands tonight. And Lord, we just welcome you into this house. Father God, we thank you that you're the creator of the universe. Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross for us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here tonight with us to speak to us, to speak about us, and to show us how to be overcomers. And we thank you, Lord, that your name is the name that matters, the name of Jesus. And we pray that every spirit of darkness and every spirit of wickedness and every spirit of deception that would try to come against our minds is defeated tonight by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, there's no spirit in this place that can stop the will of God from happening in our lives. I thank you for miracles and signs and wonders happening in this place in our minds and in our marriages and in our finances. And we give you glory tonight for who you are in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I know we don't believe in betting here or going to the horse races. I hope, I hope none of you are at the horse races on the weekend, but there was a horse race that was happening, and I found out today that in, in Hong Kong, of all places, I don't know if, if that would have been the place you thought, is the, the the most betting in the world goes on in Hong Kong, and I thought that was kind of shocking, but Uh, There's racehorse places all over there, and there was this one guy who would always go to the the races, and he would bet on these horses, and every single time he bet on a horse, his horse won, every single time time and this went on for months and people were paying attention and they were watching him and and it didn't matter if the weather was bad it didn't matter if if uh, there was a lot of people or a little people it didn't matter what the circumstances was and you'd think man he's going to lose today he'd make a bet and that horse would win again this went on for weeks and months until finally somebody asked him, who in the world or how in the world do you know how to, which horse to bet for? How do you keep winning? Nobody does this. This is impossible. There's so many circumstances that can come in to these horses when they're racing. How do you do it? And he stopped for a second and made him, in, made him wonder a little more. And he said, I'm the one who feeds the horses. And so whoever I want to win, I feed the most. Did you get that? That's, that's exactly how the battle of the mind is won and how the flesh and the spirit is won. If you feed that one horse, which is your flesh, then that flesh is going to win the battle. If you feed the spirit, then that spirit's going to win the battle. You can win every single time in every single race if you're feeding the right thing. Amen? We need to learn how to feed the spirit tonight. Amen? Pray. Come on, give the Lord a hand. That's not for me. It's for the Lord. Amen? We need to learn that whatever we feed is going to win. And whatever we starve is going to lose. And that's just, that we could just go home right there on that simple, simple thought that whatever I'm feeding is winning. If I am feeding my flesh and, 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 and allowing the mind to dictate my thoughts and I'm not controlling it and I'm not winning the battle, I'm going to lose every single time. But if I'm feeding my spirit and I'm and I'm putting things in my spirit that are godly and, and and holy and righteous and I'm watching and listening and doing things to feed and make that that spirit strong, then every single race people, how many would like God or people to start looking at you and go, how do you win every single time? Anybody on this side over here want to have a life like that where they're just? How come you're always happy? How come you're always winning? How come you're you never lose? Because we serve a God that can't lose. We just have to tap into His power tonight, Amen. So Romans chapter thirteen. If you've got your Bibles, I'd love to see them, see them, and hear them. And we've got it up on the screen. If you don't have it, we're gonna look at a few things. How many know there's always a sense of urgency in our lives? It means. That we've got to get work done. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And this says now, knowing that the time—it's—it's it's high time to awake out of our sleep. How many know one of the battles of the mind is to be sleepy, to be to be tired, to be um, uh, down, and to be weak. That's that's one of the the battles of the mind is to have a weak mind. And it says we need to get out of that because our salvation is nearer tonight on October 26th than it was on October 19th. Our, our, Our Lord is closer tonight than he was last week. Amen. Let's keep reading. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. How many know there's a darkness that's fighting us, a darkness that's coming at us all the time? And uh, when I just preached in Colorado Springs on Friday night, I preached a message about uh, confronting that darkness and darkness being defeated by the light. How many have the light in you tonight? How many know who the light is tonight? Can somebody shout who the light is tonight? That light pierces every bit of darkness. And we have come out of darkness. We're not in the darkness anymore. Tell the person next to you, you're not in darkness anymore. Do you believe that? That's who I used to be. We're in the light now. So now we start to learn how to walk in the light. And so it goes on to say, let us walk properly. There's a right way. You go back to the garden. I was thinking about, uh, just so you know, if I haven't said it yet, and it was probably on the screen, we're going to talk about this fourth part being self-control. I'm going to focus just tonight on self-control. Amen? Self-control. Everybody lift up your, your right hand. Just lift up your hand. If you've got somebody near you, just swing and hit them real fast. I know some of you want to swing right now. Amen. Some of you are looking at someone across the church. You can't reach them, and you're wishing that person over there would slap them. How many know when, 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 you're, when you have a temptation to do something, that's when the self-control comes in? And you can say, you know what, I've... but I'm not going to do it. Amen? Self-control. So let's walk properly. In the garden, they, they had one job. That was to obey and have self-control. God said, everything in this place is yours. And, and I, and I kind of picture it like, like a kid. They, they must have been kids. They must have been young. Because everything is in here is yours. And, and, and you can touch anything you want, but just don't, don't touch this pulpit. How many know that kid's going to go straight to that pulpit? And the one thing, of all the things he can touch, he can touch everything. Somehow he's going to find his way over to touch that one thing. He didn't have the self-control. In the garden, they didn't have the self-control to say, you know what? That one tree, we can't touch. They talked about having self-control. They talked to even, even to Satan about it, and they said, you know what? He told us that we're not, God said we're not supposed to touch that thing. So they, they knew they were supposed to have self-control, but they just couldn't have self-control. They lost the battle of the mind, and because of that today, we're still living the repercussions thousands of years later. So how many believe there is a proper way to walk? And I'm not talking about with your feet. I'm talking about with God. So it says, as in day, in the day, not in reverently, not in drunkenness, not in lewdness, which is another word for lust, and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision. This is make a decision that I'm not going to walk in the flesh. Amen? Make a decision. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to give heed to the flesh. Every morning when you wake up, we talk about this a lot, and especially lately. If you're doing what I've been recommending you to do, which is get up early and spend some time with God, and listen, you can take that and run with it, or you can just keep doing what you want to do. But you'll be amazed at what would happen in your life if you get up early in the morning and spend some time with God. This battle of the mind becomes very easy when you spend time with the Lord. How come it just got so quiet? That, 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 make, that makes me a little bit worried. I didn't get in any amens or anything because maybe, maybe we're not doing So maybe one of these days you'll catch on and you'll start listening to me. But if you don't want to, that's fine. But there's an anointing in setting that alarm clock and getting up early and dis- disciplining your flesh so that you don't make provision for the, the flesh during the day. Because flesh is waiting on you, flesh is going to talk to you, flesh is going to lie to you, flesh is going to deceive you, flesh is going to tell you things, and you got to make a decision, no flesh, but it starts in the morning by telling the flesh you're getting up out of bed and get spending some time with God and, and walking and, and praying and reading the Bible so that that flesh is already where it's supposed to be under your feet, It says, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So, in other words, are we providing a place for temptation and sin to live in our lives by not having self-control? If we don't have self-control, that word to me is we're making a provision for it. We're providing a space in our lives. If we have self-control, you can't have self-control and not at the same time. That's not, that's not deep, amen? That's not deep. You either have self-control or you're not. You can't, like I said, with lift up the hand, slap the person, and still have self-control. You missed it. Okay? But until you hit that, you might get close. The wind might blow in front of that person's face, but you pulled back and you didn't hit them. Amen? So when you have self-control, you're you're already winning the battle of the mind. You're winning. Because you've already given the first moments of your day to the Lord. Just think about that for a second. Just, Just stop and think of what it means to get up in the morning and the first thing that's on your mind is Jesus. And then the first thing that you look at is the Bible. Instead of going to Instagram or Twitter or text or the weather channel or the news channel, what would happen if the first thing we did was think about the Lord and a place where we can go spend time with Him and begin to read the Bible, even if it's a verse, and just begin to read a verse of the Bible, some way of making a decision, I'm going to start my day off right today with self-control. Amen? Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. I mentioned this in the first, uh, first part of the series, and I want to read it again because this is something that the Lord is looking for. And I'm talking to people tonight. I'm not just talking to people here who, who are just believers. I'm not just talking to people on this Wednesday night who are just self-proclaimed Christians. I, I'm talking, I believe, and the Lord's talking tonight to some men and some women who want to do something for the Lord. There's those three or four. That's all I need. You want to do something for the Lord. You want your life to count. You want to be an overcomer. You don't just want to fill a space. You want want your life to mean something. So That's who I'm talking to tonight, and I hope it's everybody. So we should want the fruits of the Holy Spirit flowing through our lives. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, and gentleness. And I don't think it's an, ex- an accident in the scripture in the way it was written that the last fruit ties up all the rest. Self-control. And self-control. You know that verse, God has not given us a, a spirit of fear, and of love, and of sound mind. You know what sound mind really means? It means discipline and self-control. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power and of discipline or self-control over our minds. When you have your mind under control, I don't know if you figured this out yet after four weeks, when you win the battle of the mind, you win the battle. Has anybody learned that yet? When you lose the battle of the mind, you lose the battle. I don't mean the whole war, but the battle. But the problem is, is if we keep losing battle after battle after battle, eventually we're going to lose the war if we don't watch out. So we got to win every battle, and every battle starts in the mind. And if we win that battle of the mind, we walk in victory. And that's what God wants for us tonight. So he's telling us here that there is a, a spirit of the fruit of the spirit that's, that's in our lives. And that's verse 22 and 3. Let's go against us. There is no law. Let's look at 24. And those who are Christ, how many belong to Jesus tonight? Have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Leave this up there for a moment, please. How do we crucify the flesh? Again, that's the, it. Starts with getting up. It starts with getting into prayer. It starts with spending time with the Lord. It starts with feeding your spirit and not feeding your flesh. It starts with that. This is this is this is. It's kind of a revelation, but it's really not because it's something that we were told all the time. But until you get, grab it and catch it, you won't see the victory. I mean full victory. I would love to talk to each one of you individually and be able to follow up with each one of you individually that you would do what I'm asking for even one week. That you would defeat the flesh and wake up earlier one week in a row, seven days in a row, and see what what you feel like in your spirit after seven days of getting up every single day and defeating flesh and spending some time with God and reading the Bible and making Him your very first decision in everything you do that day, how your day goes. I'd love to talk to you I'd love to find out because I promise you, I promise you, you'll be an overcomer. I didn't say you won't have any problems that day. I didn't say the car won't break down. I didn't say you won't have arguments. I didn't say you won't have needs or afflictions. I said you'll win the battle because you've won the battle on your face, in the presence of the Lord, spending time with God, and filling your spirit with His presence and defeating the flesh. Whatever horse, I'm not trying to make us horses, whatever horse is getting fed is going to win the race. Amen? That's a fact. So self-control. That verse, the end of the verse says, I want to read this one more time. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. How often do we crucify our flesh? Every day and all day. With its passions and desires. Remember, church, we are not programmed as sinners to do the right thing. We're programmed as sinners to do the wrong thing. Our flesh wants to do the wrong thing. So we have to crucify that flesh. The only way to get your flesh under subjection is to fill it with the things of God. If we live, so here we go, if we live, there's the if. That's that's, that's if we spend time with God. If we're reading our Bible. If we're filling our hearts with things of God. I'm not going to say who it was, I'm, and I, I just was thinking about this at, at, at the at the revival, and I almost said conference because it almost felt like a conference this last weekend. At the revival, I had a young man come up to me and, and tell me a testimony that I thought was so awesome, and I'm not going to mention who it was. Some of you know who he is. Some of you don't, wouldn't, but it doesn't matter. Just know it was a person in the home church. And they testified to me that they had heard me preach a message a few months ago about um, what we watch and, and the things that come into our life, what we listen to. And he came up and testified to me and said that my whole life as a Christian, my, my, I would always plan my, and, and this is just him telling me what he, what he said, I would plan my Octobers around fright fests and, and haunted houses and, and all kinds of different scary things. And I loved horror movies and I, and I loved uh, watching those things all my life. And he said, I heard you preach a message about the, the, the self-control and, and what you're watching and what you're listening to. And he said, something spoke to me. And he said, I, I made a decision that night that I was never going to watch a horror movie again, that I was never going to go to one of those places again. And this is his words to me. I'm not making this up for me. He said, it's changed my life. I just want to thank you for speaking the truth to me because I needed to hear that and I needed to get that garbage out of my mind, and it's just made a huge difference in my life. Now, to me, it seems crazy even that a Christian would talk about those things, but the truth is, the truth is, we're carnal. We're carnal. And, and Paul dealt with this in the Bible. He, he would go to these churches and he would say, I can't, he would basically, in, in my words, say, I can't believe I'm even having to deal with this in the church. But help me know we've all got things we need to get rid of. Every single one of us has things in our lives that, that are a crutch to us or, or something that we've brought into our lives from our pasts. And we're still not dealing with them yet. And then even when we get saved, we can still have things in our lives that until a word comes and tells us, this might be the reason that you have nightmares. This might be the reason that you can't seem to have self-control in your life. It just might be possibly the reason that you are putting stuff into your spirit that if somebody else was looking at it, how many are following me? If somebody else was looking at it, they would go, duh. Y'all get what I'm saying? Someone else would be like, duh. I don't know how else to say it. But we don't see it because it's our problem. It's our flesh. It's, we, don't, we think we handle it. We think we manage it, don't we? I must be talking to somebody tonight. We think we, I, 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 I can handle that. It's, it's just a movie. It's just a song. It's just a this. It's just a that, whatever it is. And, and we all know that nobody wakes up one day and is a murderer. Nobody wakes up one day and is a drug addict. Nobody wakes up one day and is an adulterer. Nobody wakes up one day and all of a sudden is a prostitute or is a gangbanger or is whatever else you can fill in the bank blank. It's something that happens because of bad decisions after bad decisions and feeding your flesh until eventually the flesh wins. And the Bible tells me that Satan doesn't come to play around. He comes to steal and kill and destroy. And he's a roaring lion looking whom he can devour. And for some Christians, their devouring is easy because they're carnal, carnal Christians. And so Paul had to deal with this. It is good preaching, amen. It's from the Word of God. This is the kind of preaching that makes a church healthy. Because we're carnal people. All throughout the Bible we're seeing this. Why would God tell us to have self-control if we didn't need to be told to have it? If the fruit of the Spirit was self-control and love and righteousness, if righteousness and love and all these fruits of the Spirit and joy were automatic, then we wouldn't have to strive for them. Because what's automatic is sleep all day, not go to work, treat people bad, right? Just whatever the flesh feels good. That, that's the automatic. But we have to take control over that and say, self, you're not going to do this. Self, you're going to listen to me. Because I want to be an overcomer. I don't want to just slide safely, barely, hoping I make it into heaven. Can I get an amen? How many want to make an impact on somebody? How many wants your life to, tr- to transform somebody else's life? And be an example to them, something that they want to follow. I don't want to just slide into heaven. I want to I go in overcoming. Self-control. Write that down. Self-control. So it says, if we live in the Spirit... We walk in the Spirit. If we feed the flesh, we walk in the flesh. So self-control. Proverbs twenty-five twenty. I don't have this, but I'm going to read it to you tonight. It's not in the verses. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Okay, I'm going to read this again. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. To me, that means that if you don't have self-control, there's nothing that the devil can't do through your life. There's the sky is the limit to where the devil can take you to if you don't have self-control. Amen. I mean, you know when we get saved, we don't just automatically get beamed up to heaven we got to walk this walk out. we got to wake up every single day and make a decision. We have to to continue to make the decision over and over again. I'm going to preach a message Sunday unless the Lord changes my, my, my mind and my spirit about how amazing it is. And I mentioned this over the revival, and I've just been feeling this over and over in my spirit the last few weeks, how amazing it is what God can do in your life when you just simply obey just simply obey Did y'all catch that get get your spirits ready for that it's amazing we 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 we, so we want great amazing things in our lives we want God's blessing we want all these things but we just don't do the simple obeying part and God is like man I just all I'm asking you to do is just do what I said come oh, on it's not that much, but we don't do that. We always have to take it and tweak it a little bit and, and, and mess with it a little bit. And, well, he said this, but, you know, that's not what he really meant. And we mess with it a little bit, and it's exactly what caused Adam and Eve to fall. And Proverbs says, there's a way that seems right unto man, and it leads to destruction. So tell the person next to you, don't do it your way. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Here's, here's the meat of the message right here. So prepare. This is in the New Living Translation. 1 Peter chapter thir- three, sorry, ver- one, ver- 1, verse 13. Prepare your minds for action. That's starting off in the morning. Preparing your mind for action. And it says exercise self-control. How many in here have ever done any kind of exercise? Let me see your hand. Not saying you're doing it currently, but you've done some kind of exercise. At some point, when you exercise something, it, it strengthens that body part. When you walk, it strengthens your legs. When you do something with, with weights, it strengthens the muscle. When you exercise something, it gets stronger. So he's saying exercise self control, prepare your minds. Church, what, what would happen if we would start to take this walk and live it one day at a time? What if we would, what would, if we would tomorrow have the attitude to wake up what I'm, talk, I'm talking about? And this is the great thing about God, too, is He's a very merciful God. He gives us second and third and 50th chances. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to try this, this getting up and praying thing. I'm going to try this getting up and spending some time with God thing. What a, what a concept. And if I'm, as I try it, I'm going to start to exercise faith. I'm going to start to exercise self-control. I'm going to start to exercise the reading of the Word of God. I'm going to start to exercise. And when you exercise something, every time you do it, it gets what? Easier. Isn't that a fact? That can be good or bad. But when you're exercising something, when you're doing something frequently, it gets easier. That's exactly why it's so important, listen to this, that we control the flesh and have self-control. Because you can easily, very quickly, go back to your old ways in a very short amount of time. Because whatever you're exercising is getting loose. And, and how many know that, just for an example, with diet or exercise or anything you try to do that's productive and good, how many know that if you wanted to lose 10 pounds, for example, it takes a long time to lose 10 pounds? If you wanted to gain a little bit of muscle, it takes a long time to gain muscle. If you want to get in a place where you're praying every day and reading the Bible every day, it takes a long time to get to that place where you're doing that consistently. How many... Are living the same world I live in. And how long does it take to gain that 10 pounds back? How long does it take to lose that muscle? How long does it take to lose the discipline of reading the Bible and the Word? It's a lot faster than it is to gain it. So it's something that we have to make a decision that this isn't just a, I'm going to try this for a little while. It's something you've got to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have self-control. And listen, there's lots of areas we need to have self-control in, but praying and reading the Bible is the most important. Okay, it starts there. So, let's keep reading. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Obedient children children. How many parents do I have here that love your kids more when they're obedient? Oh, I just love my kid no matter what. Yeah, you're a good parent, but you love your kids more when they're obedient. That's the truth. There's a, there's a, a grace from God when we just obey. Don't slip back, this is the New Living Translation, into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. It, you didn't know any better then, but now, say, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy so it all comes down to self control winning the battle of the mind is self control Romans chapter 7 we're going to end here many of you will recognize this let's read this so the trouble is not with the law for it is spiritual and good the trouble I I want you to tell the person next to you the problem is me don't you dare say the problem is you. The problem is me. How many know it, start, it starts with me? For I am all too human. I chose New Living Translation because I like the way it breaks this part down. It makes it a little bit easier to understand. The trouble's with me. For I am all too human. I am a, now listen, this, when we're reading this, this is an understanding of the place we're at without Christ operating in us. I am a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. And don't worry, people don't understand you either. Amen. For I want, for what, I want to do what is right. If I asked you to raise your hand in tears, every single one of you would raise your hand. I want to do what's right. I want to do what's right. But I don't do it. I don't do I want to, but I don't. I want to get up tomorrow and read the Bible and pray, but I I won't. Because the alarm will win. Instead, I do what I hate. I miss the alarm again. All right, say that mean word again. All right, don't read the Bible again. All right, fall into my flesh again. There's this battle going on, and that's why I love the Bible, because it's real. But... If I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. The law is the word. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. Okay, the sinful nature. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. I want, he says it again, I want to do what's right, but I can't. Now, don't, don't go on to that next verse yet. As I'm reading this, I can almost sense a relief in your spirits. Like, see, that's why I do it. See, that, I knew there was something to back up my decisions. Right? Is, couldn't we start to read that and think, oh, thank you, Lord. There's a way out. I'm just sinful. I have a sinful nature, and I just make lots of mistakes, and, and that's just, it, it's my sinful nature, Lord. You said it in your word, I can't help myself. Okay, so he, he's kind of thinking out loud. Now let's continue. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. But here's the key. I have discovered this principle of life. This is going to get you excited tonight. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Now, wh- I got ahead of myself a little bit. When, as you read that, and we stopped right there, we could, j- again, just go home with the with the uh, hall pass or an excused absence, right? See, the, the dog ate the homework. My mom couldn't get me to school. We 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 make, we can make all these excuses, but that's not what these are, that's not what these are trying to say. And, and as the musicians begin to come, I want you to see the Bible doesn't have wasn't written with chapters and verses. But we're going to skip on to the next chapter and the next verse right here in 8.1. And watch what this says. Now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Amen? And because you belong to him, the power, say power, of the life-giving spirit. Amen? How many know there's a life-giving spirit inside of us? has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Amen. There's a power inside of us that we, if we'll activate it, overcomes the flesh. And even though our flesh wants to do the wrong thing, and even though our flesh makes bad choices, we have a power in us that is greater than the power that's in this world. Amen. And his name is Jesus, and it functions inside of us as the Holy Spirit. And we have to put our eyes on Jesus Christ, the Bible says, the author and the finisher of our faith tonight. And when we make a mistake we understand there's no condemnation. Jesus is not standing there over you trying to make you feel bad. He's just trying to get you to understand He's got better things for you to do. If you want to be an overcomer, if you want the presence of God in your life, if you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit to flow in your life, when you feed your spirit, that's what comes out. Peter would walk down the road, and his his shadow would heal people. I want that. I want that power of Jesus in my life. But it didn't just fall on Peter. Peter not only disciplined himself, here's a combination, but he also understood the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in his life. He understood what Paul later understood that says, I can do all things through Christ. Who gives me strength? When was the last time? Don't raise your hand, but think about it. When was the last time you needed to do something good for the Lord? Even getting up in the morning and praying, or reading the Bible, or tithing, or or going on outreach, or doing whatever to lo- witnessing to somebody. And when was the last time you said, "Lord, I can do this through Christ because You give me strength"? Or do we try to do it in our own power? There is a battle. But this goes back to what I said in the very beginning. What are you feeding? Whatever you're feeding is going to win the battle. If you want to do something great for God and you want your life to count, then you have to feed your spirit. And you have to starve your flesh. There are things you can watch, things you can hear, and things that you can see that automatically feed your flesh. Is that true? Things that take you back to a place, a time when you did things you shouldn't have done, thought things you shouldn't have thought, said things you shouldn't have said. There's a lot of influence. We talked last, last week about the atmosphere, the ambiance, the presence that's around us, how we, how we take care of that. It all comes down to, it's all tied up. I don't know if there's going to be a fifth or not, but if there's not, this tonight, the fourth one is self-control. It ties it all. It's the It ties it all together and wins the battle. Holy Spirit, help us to understand that it's through you and your resurrection power that we overcome the flesh. Paul said, I am in a constant battle between what's right and what's wrong, between doing what my flesh wants to do or doing what my spirit wants to do. And he even went on to say, it seems like the things I want to do I don't do. And the things I don't do, I do. Don't want to do, I do. That battle is won through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I must depend tonight, Lord, first and foremost. As you're as you're praying, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. I want you to get this tonight because you might have missed it during the message. I want you to understand this. Self-control and the fruits of the Spirit and making decisions to spend time with God and to live a holy life and all that stuff are decisions we make every day. But before you can have that power in your life, you have to understand it's through His power that gives you strength. You have to look to the cross. You have to look to Jesus. Jesus on this earth, being Jesus, would look up to the Father and say, Father, not my will be done, but yours be done. Father, give me strength. The ministering angels would come. The Spirit of God would come and and minister to Jesus when he was tempted because he was looking up. I can't do it in my own power. But my self-control tied together with the power of God and the resurrection power of the resurrection of Christ in me is the recipe for winning the battle of the mind. Jesus, I'm weak. Jesus, I make mistakes. Jesus, I lack self-control sometimes, but help me. Help me, Lord. I, do, help me do it in your strength tonight. Holy Spirit power, minister to us. Change us, transform us. Give us a desire in this place tonight to please you. Give us a hatred for the things of this world. Lord, take those desires away from us, but they'll go away faster when we deny them, Father, and crucify our flesh and make godly decisions. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that's in this place tonight and it's ministering right now to every individual here because there's a desire in this place to do great things for God. There's a desire in this place to preach the gospel. There's a desire in this place to win the lost. There's a desire in this place to be a godly example. You see the hearts of your people, Father. Help us. Help us win this battle so that we can be overcomers tonight, so we can be more than conquerors tonight, Jesus. Oh, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and the Holy Spirit is working on us and dealing with us and speaking to us and challenging us, how many all over this place tonight, from front to back and side to side, you're listening to the Word of God, and God's love is coming out of His Word to you tonight, and He tells you, I love you. I want to help you. I I want you to live a powerful, overcoming life. And the way you can do that is by putting your faith in me, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who went to that cross and paid the debt that you could never pay. How many in this place tonight, maybe you're watching online, you're listening on the podcast, you don't know what it is to have an overcoming life. You don't know what it is to be more than a conqueror because you're living in darkness tonight. You're living under the power of the slavery of sin. And the devil has your number and he has you bound. Tonight Jesus wants to set you free. Maybe you're in this congregation or maybe you're online. But tonight your name can be written in the book of life. Tonight your name can can change. Your, your, Your life can change. You can become a new creation. And all your sins can be thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. And Jesus can transform you into the person that He planned for you to be from the day you were born, before the foundations of the earth. How many in this place tonight would say, Pastor, pray for me. You're talking to me tonight. Just lift up your hand. All across this congregation, I've never been born again. I've never put Jesus Christ, I see your hand, as Lord of my life. Today, I want to surrender. My life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to start over. How many people in this world would love to have a start over? In the gospel, everybody can have a start over. He says there's no no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 5 says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All the old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. Your past is totally gone. Your sins are totally forgiven. As we stand across this place, stay in the Spirit of God. The presence of the living God is here tonight. He's in this place. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to touch our hearts, to minister to us, to transform us, to make us who you want us to be, Jesus. Maybe, maybe some are here that are backslidden tonight. You know, there was a, par- a verse we read there that says we can turn away from the things of God. We can go back, it says in verse 14 of First Peter 1, we can slip back into our old ways of living. That means that slip back is the backslid. It means we can go back to our old ways. If you're here tonight and you've slipped back and and you want to start over tonight, God's mercy is so great. His his mercies are new every morning. And the Bible says great is his faithfulness. Start over. Call on the name of the Lord. Repent. I'm sorry, God, that I've made these mistakes. And don't look back. As we open up these altars in a moment for the hands that went up, maybe maybe you're here and you you didn't raise your hand for salvation, but you need to come home tonight. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you, maybe you knew the Lord a long, long time ago. But tonight's the day that the Lord has called you again to come home. Come home tonight. How many that raised their hand would just be bold enough to say, you know what, I'm going to tell the whole world I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And would just step out to that nearest aisle and come down here tonight. Just step out, amen? Amen, just come on, just step out to that nearest aisle if you raised your hand. Amen, praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord thanks. How many more? How many more? Someone come pray with them, please. How many more? How many more? How many more? What does that mean? That means tonight if you stood before the Lord, would he be Savior or Judge? How many are thankful that You can call on Jesus as your Savior. Savior of the world. Amen. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going to say a prayer with these here, and we're going to say a prayer with those that are watching online. Only heaven will tell. Only heaven will tell. Amen. God sees the heart tonight. He weighs the intentions of the heart. And, And sometime, at some point, something clicks, and I realize i got to get serious with God. I need to make a serious decision with the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the spirit of repentance in this place tonight. We thank you that when we shed tears, God, there's, there are tears of joy and there are tears of mercy because we realize we deserve death. We deserve eternal life separated from you because of the wages of our sin. But God, you said in your word that even though the wages of our sin is death, that you, Lord, come to give us life and life more abundantly. And Jesus, I love that verse that says that even while I was still a sinner, you died for the ungodly. That's me, Lord. I don't deserve your forgiveness, but you died anyways. And even if I was to reject you tonight, you still died for me. The work is finished on the cross. The Bible says, He who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Repent and be baptized, the Bible says. And the glory of the Lord will come into your life tonight. Tonight is a new beginning for you. And I want everybody here to say this prayer with me. And those watching online, say it from your heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God. You came down from heaven and lived a perfect life for me. And died on the cross to take my sins And my rebellion and my disobedience upon your body. And then when you died, you said it is finished. And because of that, there's salvation. But you went into that grave and you defeated death so I could have eternal life. Jesus, I call on you tonight as my Lord My master and my savior, come into my life, transform my mind, forgive me of all my sins, and wash me clean with your precious blood. Now, Jesus, I renounce my prior life, I renounce my thoughts, I renounce my desires and I declare I am now a slave to you you own me I am not my own I have been bought with a price with the blood of Jesus thank you that my name is in the Lamb's book of life and devil I tell you tonight I no longer serve you I will not listen to you. Your condemnation, your deception, your temptation is no longer valid in my life. I choose Jesus right now. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise tonight. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.